All right, we're still on our series, Heart Transplant. Let me hear amen if it's doing the work on you. Amen. It's working on me to the point where every, every thought that comes through my head, I'm measuring it <laughs> to the word. Every emotion that I go through, I'm, I'm making sure, is, it, is this valid? Is it relevant? It's working on me. The Bible says that God is working in us his will and to do his good pleasure. Amen? Said God is at work in us. Now, I want y'all to say it. Y'all can say it. Y'all can say it, though. God is at work in us. Okay? I, I need y'all to hear it. God is at work in us. No, I said the Bible says. I know y'all thought I said y'all say. I know. The Bible says that God is at work in us. He's at work. Imagine you at work. Okay? An eight-hour shift. You're busy working to produce something. God is at work in us. He's working in us to do his will and his good pleasure. Sometimes we want our pleasure. And that's why we don't feel right. The Bible says that he's a father to chastise us. He chastises us. It says it don't feel good. You get what I'm saying? When he's working in us, it don't feel good. But he says in the end, it produces righteous fruit. We have to fall in love. I know, I know this ain't, this ain't not, not going to be a good word. For, we have to fall in love with that period of chastisement. We have to fall in love with the chastisement. It's just like if you, if you were an NBA basketball player. You can't fall in love with the games. You have to fall in love with a training regimen that can make you great. It don't feel good getting up 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, working out for four hours every day. It don't feel. Your body's sore, but when you cash that million-dollar check, you, <laughs> it was all worth it. It was all worth it. When you, when, when, when you got a team of people and one person signs a million-dollar check and the other signs a $40 million-a-year check, you know what the difference is? Somebody fell in love with the working out, with the practicing. They didn't just fall in love with playing the game. You got to fall in love with the, what gets you to greatness. That has to be your heart's desire. What gets me to greatness? Practicing righteousness. You have to fall in love with prayer. Prayer gets you to power. Word time gets you to victory. You have to fall in love with the practicing righteousness. If we do that enough, the presence comes. <laughs> Amen? That's what this heart transplant is about. It's about us being able to absorb, absorb, absorb. It's about us being able to absorb everything that he has for us. We want to receive it. Do you want it? You want, do you want what he has for you? Oh, y'all don't sound like y'all want it. Do you want what he has for you? Well, to the, Isaiah said it like this. He said, they say it with their lips, but their heart is far 
far from me. So it has to go from lip service <laughs> to a heart condition. It's not I want your glory. It's whatever it takes to get your glory. I'll get rid of that. I'll get rid of them. I'll get rid of those. Whatever it takes. I'll sit in this situation until you say go. Until you say move. Whatever it takes. It can't be this. Watch this. How it makes me feel. Because if it's about how it makes us feel, oh, it's time to quit right now. <laughs> it's time to quit right now. It's time to just throw in the towel because of how we feel. Feelings is a part of the flesh. So the purpose is to receive a heart that can absorb all that Abba has for us. The reconciliation of the relationship. The predestined purpose. Somebody said that they, they, the father said he predetermined your life already. And all he said was, seek me. He already predetermined everything. It is already written. All you have to do is follow the trail, the path. He predestined and you were born. And before you got to earth, it was a book prepared for you with everything that he would have for you to have. But. What's stopping us? A hardened heart. We can't absorb that. You can't, the Bible says, I haven't seen. So whatever your vision is for what he has for you, throw it away. Because I have not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart the things that he has prepared for those that love him. If I'm in a relationship with you and I love you, then I love spending time with you. Oh. <laughs> I love every part of you, the good and the bad. That's why when we stand and we say marriage vows for better or for worse, <laughs> through sickness and in health, till death do we part. What am I saying? I love every part of you, Father. I don't just like the blessings. I like the chastisement. I'm waiting to hear you to tell me, stop, don't do that. Why? Because I know the moment you tell me that, I'm going to go in the right direction after that. And it's going to go against your will. It's going to go against your heart. It's going to go against what you see. It's going to go against all of that. But in the end, there'll be some righteous fruit. So today's lesson, and y'all have already, I can really close this up. The title of the teaching on today is One Heart. <laughs> it's one heart. What happens when we have one heart? Huh? <laughs> he said, the Bible says where, where two or three are gathered together, one heart, I'll be there. One heart. He says one heart is what gets me on spot, on location. Jesus said it like this. He said, out of the mouth of two or three, let every word be established. He said, I agree, watch this, and my father. He said, that's two. So you by yourself, if you agree with the father, nobody can stop you. 
The whole, purpose of, the whole purpose of us teaching this about having one heart is all of our hearts have to be tied up in the father, what the Father said. Jesus said, learn of me, because I'm meek and I'm lowly. Learn of me. Don't learn of no. He didn't say learn of Paul. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I learn from Christ. So if all of our hearts align with the Father, we, you, can, you can't stop heaven from opening. Okay? When it came down to the, the Tower of Babel, he said, because they are of one heart and one mind, whatever they do, he, no, no, no let, me, let, me, let me get this right. He said, because they are of one heart, he said, they cannot be stopped. It's so Oneness is so powerful, Chris, that the Father had to come and confuse them. Because they would have literally built something that went to him. And a desire to build something to go, that's a righteous desire. But it was, they were doing it in the wrong manner. We need one heart. If we got one heart, nobody can stop us. You know what stops us? When in the midst of us having one heart, somebody else pops up with another heart. All right, let's get to the teaching. Come on. Let's dive into this. One heart. Now, when we're talking about oneness, we're talking about unity, being on one accord. Now, one, when the scriptures talk about one, it's rarely talking about singleness. Even when the Bible says, he said, what is the greatest commandment? He said, hear, O Israel, our God is one. And you shall love him with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. Now, he wasn't saying that he was one in the sense of it's just him by himself. Why? How do I know that? Because he sent his son. Now, I'm going to give you this illustration. I'll, I'll do it again. When we're in the flesh, we think this is one. I'm going to do me. <laughs> Y'all, come on now. Stop playing with me. We think, <laughs> we think this is one. In a, in a natural, this is one. In the natural, this is one. But in the spirit, this is one. Watch this. This is one. In the spirit, this is how oneness looks. Watch this. How many pins am I holding up? One. See, in the natural, I'm holding up one. To your eyes, I'm holding up one. But in the spirit, this is how oneness looks. For those he foreknew, he predestined to conform to the image of his son. The image of his son. The purpose of him conforming us to the image of his son was so that, watch this, Christ would be the firstborn of many. The firstborn of many that will look like him. The problem, shall I say it like, the issue in the church is we think that this is Jesus and this is us. We think this is Jesus and we can never be like him. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray that we can touch the hem of his garment. 
We're going to pray that while we're alongside the road that he'll come by. I'm starting something. This is the condition the church is. We think that we cannot attain this thing. There's no way that we can be in earth and operate like he did. And so watch it. We never have one heart. It's always Jesus, then us. But the Bible said that we were seated with him. <laughs> we were seated with him. Far above every rule, every authority, and every power. So oneness means unity. We should have one heart, different personalities. <laughs> we don't have to dress the same. But we have to have the same character. We don't have to, but we got to have the same idea of love. We don't have to look alike. You don't have to wear your hair like her. And no. That's why I asked Q. I said, Q, when you teach, well, you're going you to keep your hat on? He said, if you don't, yeah, I, don't, I want you to be you. <laughs> I don't want you to be me, but I do want us to have the same heart. Love should look the same amongst all of us. It should not be different. Peace, joy, it should look the same. Gentle, it should look the same. Let's dive in. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, the human heart is most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? So now he's telling us the condition of the human heart. It's most deceitful of all things. So that means there's some other stuff I can say about it. And it says it's desperately wicked. You know why it's desperately wicked? Because it always wants what it wants. It wants what it wants. Am I right? The heart wants what the heart wants. And if I don't get it, I'm going to withdraw. I'm going to have a gas face. I'm going to get indifferent. Right? Come on now. Only way we can, only way we can, this transplant can happen is that we be real with ourselves. If I don't get it my way, I'm going to tear up everything. I'm going to make sure nobody has peace. I'm going to make sure. <laughs> because why? The heart is desperately wicked. It's de it desperately thinks th my way is the right way. Although the Bible says that There's a way that seems right to a man. There's a way that seems right, but in the end, it brings us to destruction. So what does that tell us? If I think I'm right, just make sure it aligns with the Father. That's all I got to do. If I really want to be right, all I got to do is take my thought process and align it with the Father. Find it in the Word. Is that what the Word say? Once I know what the Word says, then I'm safe. Jesus said, learn of me, because <laughs> I'm meek and I'm lowly of heart. He said, learn, 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 watch me, become a student. <laughs> I'm teaching by my actions. This ain't a classroom environment. He, he took the disciples with him everywhere he went. Learn of me. I want you to see how I interact with people. It was some times where, Q, he couldn't, certain people he couldn't talk to. 
while they was around. He had to send them away. They came back, why are you talking to that woman? Learn of me. Why? Because in a, in a physical culture, in the Hebrew culture, it was wrong to talk to a Samaritan woman. But he had the heart of, a fa- of the father. In the law, it was wrong for, for uh, uh, someone who called, into a, called an adultery not to get stoned until you come with the heart of the father. Verse 10 says, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. So we can't hide. We have to get to that place where we understand we can't hide. Not only can we not hide, it's, a, it's, it's pure ignorance for us to think that we can hide from God. I say this all the time. Look, you can try to fool me. You can try to fool the people around you, but it's dangerous. Hold on. It's dangerous for you to fool yourself. That's a dangerous place for you to fool yourself, for you to lie to yourself and tell yourself, I can keep going on this way and and everything that the Father has for me, it will come. All right. He says, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to their actions that they deserve. Now, we talked about the heart transplants don't just happen. All right. In order for you to get a heart transplant, first you have to see that you have a bad heart. Then you have to agree that you want a new heart. All right. Then you have to commit to the transplant, the surgery and the new lifestyle afterwards. You can go to any hospital in America. They are not going to put a new heart in an unhealthy body. They're not going to do it. And unhealthiness comes from how I take care of my body. So until I want a new life, that's why Jesus said, look, I'll exchange you. I'll give you this life for your life. But in order for us to live properly in this life, we're going to need a new heart. Okay? So now, all of this starts with the soul algorithm. It all starts with the soul algorithm. Whatever I put in my mind, it goes through my soul and it comes out my heart. The Bible says out of the heart flows the issues of life. Whether good or bad, the moment you have an encounter with someone, your heart is revealed. You cannot hide your heart. Okay, your heart shows up in body language. (laughs) People can see it. Especially mature people. It, It shows up. It shows up in your efforts. Come on now. It shows up in your speech. The woman told uh, Peter, she said, your speech do betray you. You was with that man. (laughs) I know you was with Jesus. Your speech betray you. The way you talking, he had been with Jesus too much. He he couldn't help but talk about the kingdom. Your speech betrays you. So we... First, must first develop what? Mm, I get to ask questions, don't I? So, if we're talking about the soul algorithm, what must we first pay attention to? I need y'all to say it. Our mind. 
Now, our mind, give me that slide. Okay, he already did it. Your mind, y'all cheated. Y'all did. <laughs> y'all, AD, you wrong. <laughs> Your mind, watch this. I don't need you to pay attention because we finna, we finna fly after this, all right? We finna fly, you might get a headache. I don't know what's gonna happen after this, okay? I, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen after this. Because there's some scriptures that reveal and say some things that we got to comply with. You don't have to comply with an apostle, but once apostle put that word out and it's in scripture, like Jesus said, you ain't coming against me. You coming against the father that sent. Your mind is your thoughts, is your imagination. What are you imagining? What are you thinking about? Is your ideas. It is your mindset. The Bible says that we should set our mind on heavenly things. It is our mindset as we direct our mind, our thinking, our judging. It is our perceiving. It is our feelings. Now, feelings according to understanding. It is the act of being wise. It is our attitude, which is the power of considering and judging soberly, calmly, and impartially. Now, the mind is the entrance into the soul. The Bible says that our minds need to be transformed by, the, by being renewed. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought, I spoke, I reasoned. It all started with our mind. We can't grow. He said, but when I became a man, I put away these things. So what he's saying is growth starts first in the mind. Wherever I put my mind, I, I automatically become it. Whatever I put, play in my ears, I automatically become it. Whatever I read, I automatically become it. The people I surround myself with, I automatically become it. Whether sinners, saints, religious, it don't matter. Whoever you hang around with, if you hang around with a bunch of billionaires, you're going to get there eventually. If you hang around with a bunch of poor people, you're going to get there eventually. You can be a billionaire. You just hang out with poor people. Long enough, they'll give you their mind. Y'all know poor has nothing to do with, my, with money? It's a mindset. It's a mindset that systematically does everything it can to stay poor. Y'all ready for this? All right. Philippians 1.27. It says, only let your conduct be, conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Now this is Paul teaching the Gentiles how to walk in his life. And he came to him, he said, look, whatever you do, whether I'm with you or not, he said, I want to hear. This is what I want to hear. He said, he said, I may hear of your affairs, your life, your conduct, how you're living. He says that you stand fast in one spirit, not two. With one mind, striving, what? Together. Now, to strive means to make great efforts to achieve or obtain. 
So when Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you, that was supposed to be a thing that as a body, we were supposed to do that together. We're supposed to strive together. 2 Corinthians 13 and 11, it says, finally, brethren, Finally, brethren, farewell. It says, become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of, be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. It said, be of, be of good comfort. Be of one mind. And when, you, and when you have one mind, you live in peace. When you have one mind with the Father, you live in peace. Because one mind, what? One mind always brings us to the law of love. It always brings us to love. God is love. So my job. As a, as, a, as a child of God, it's to see things like my father sees things. Which meaning, if I'm looking at y'all correctly, then I'm seeing y'all through his eyes. I'm seeing what he sees about you. And he's not looking at your right now failure. He's looking at what he predestined you to be. So we'll be better when we all take that one mind. Well, if we're going to look at one another, it has to be that we look at one another through his eyes. Father, what did you create them to be? Okay, they're not there yet. I'm going to be patient. You know why I'm going to be patient? Because that's a fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> because it's a fruit of the Spirit. That's how we know that we're God's. His fruit just come out. First Peter 3 and 8. Finally, all of you be of Finally, after he spoke to him, he concluded everything. <laughs> Finally, all of you, no, I'm sorry, some of you. Some of us. All of us. Even the children. All of us. Just the men, just the women, all of us be of one mind. Now, how does this look? Having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. This is how we know we got one mind. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. One mind. Verse 9 says, not returning evil for evil, reviling for reviling. But on the contrary, blessing. So in the midst of us coming together, you know, talking, communicating with one another, fellowshipping, somebody going to throw some evil out. <laughs> it's natural. We're human. We all do it. With looks, with attitude, we all do. Am I right? Come on. We ain't fully developed from Adam. We're becoming like Christ. He 
said, let the mind that was in Christ be also in us. It ain't there yet. But that's how we know. When somebody come with some evil, you come with some good. You be courteous. You be kind-hearted. Why? Because your father said it. Because that's how he raised you. Oh, you're going to grow here. You're going to grow here. <laughs> Knowing that you were called to this. Oh, man. Hold on. I got to read nine again. Y'all read nine. Read nine for me, y'all, please. Okay, so you mean to tell me that this whole one mind thing, we were called to it? Oh. You mean to tell me this one mind thing is what gets us the blessing? <laughs> Verse 10. It says, for he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit, verse 11, let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, which means it's not on the unrighteous. And his ears are open to their prayers. As a husband, I can't even be mad with my wife. The Bible says that, the, that my prayers will bounce off the ceiling. He's out there, you treat my daughter like, I don't hear you. Y'all like that lady? How dare you, right? Tell him, you can get mad all you want to. God ain't going to hear your prayers. <laughs> but if he said that to us, the head, then it's for you also. It says, but the face of the Lord are against those that do evil. Philippians 2 and 2, Philemon 2 and 2. It says, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. First, now, he said, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. That's when y'all make leadership happy. I just want y'all to know. Okay, leadership, we get happy when y'all are like-minded. He said, having the same, now he didn't go, having the same. At first he said one. Now he said having the same love. There's no different love. It's only agape. Having the same love. So I got to love you unconditionally. You got to love me unconditionally. The area in which 
I can't love you unconditionally, watch this, that's my problem. The area in which I can't love you unconditionally is my problem. It's not yours. Uh. If you can't love your brothers and sisters unconditionally, that's your problem. That's not their problem. If you can't love, if we can't love one another, that's our problem. We got to stop pushing it on everybody else. It's everybody else's fault. Well, I can't. No. The Bible says, Romans 12 and 16, let's move on. Be of the same minds towards one another. So there can't be a different mind. Be of the same minds towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate it with the humble. Never see yourself better or above people. You should always take the low. When you take the low, the Father can work with you. When you take the high, he can't. It says, do not be wise in your own opinion. Do not be wise in your own opinion. I'm going to help you. How, I'm going to tell you how to do that. Make sure your opinion aligns with the word. If your opinion aligns with the word, the father will support it. If it doesn't, Heisman. First Corinthians 1 and 10. It says, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. That's why we got a fellowship. <laughs> That's why we got a fellowship. So we can all speak the same. Listen to the podcast. So we can all speak the same thing. And there, and that there be no, hop on, come on now, help me. That there be no divisions among you. No divisions. Divisions come from two words, die and visions. Die is two. So any more than two visions, another vision creates division. We're here to reveal the Father. If you bring another vision in here, it's going to create division. Why? Because there's now two visions. He says, now I plead with you. Why is he pleading? Because heaven only responds to the character of Christ. Learn of me, because I am meek and lowly of heart. If you don't, your prayers will be hindered. There's one mind that will get you everything you want from heaven. said, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why I tell you, y'all got to stop reading these scriptures like somebody just wrote something down. This is a person's testimony, which means they tried it the other way. <laughs> and it didn't work. So through wisdom and experience, I plead with you. 
brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. And that there be no division among you. Forget with the world, they can be all, they can, but amongst us, there should be no division. How do we get division? When we have another vision other than what the Father said. It ain't even about the apostle. It ain't about the prophet, it ain't about the evangelist, it ain't about the teacher. We all, no, let me stop, you know what? He says, but you, but that you be, what that say? Perfectly joined together. This is the Father's will for his children, for his family. When Jesus said, I will build my church, this is what he was talking about. That's why I say you're part of that building process, and you can be part of tearing it down. But that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Philippians 3.16, nevertheless, to the degree that we are already, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Can't ignore this. I got, I got receipts. I got documentation straight from heaven. <laughs> He said, let us walk by the same rule. Rule is standard. Rule means principality. It means that's the measurables. That's the measurables. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Why is he saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over again? Because this is what brings the glory. He said, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. First Peter 4 and 1. It says, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. Ain't nothing wrong with a little suffering. It ain't nothing wrong with you not getting your way. It ain't nothing wrong with you taking a low. Christ did it. Are you better than him? It ain't nothing wrong with us going through a little persecution. The Bible says, arm yourself. So this is a weapon. Arm yourselves with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So our whole sin problem is that we don't have the same mind as Christ. So our whole sin, the whole sin issue can be traced back to thinking, to imagination, <laughs> to mindset, to, watch this, my perception. Lack of love. All of our sin can be placed back to, the, to that, that place where we don't have the same mind as the Father. We're not thinking like him. He says, Verse 2 says that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but of the will of God. A lot of times we have a different mind because we inquired it from people we hang out with. We inquired it from family. 
a lot of times we can't obey the word because we want to please the world. So the scriptures tells us over and over again, right, that we should have the same mind. Am I right? The Bible tells us, y'all good? <laughs> y'all good? Look, I got beat up all week. Stop. Y'all take, y'all take a good hour. I got beat up all week. I have to, I got this first. I got checked for it. Grab me by my collar. All that. One mind. Same mind. Remember, the mind is the entrance into the soul. So if we have one mind, then we all develop the same. What stops the growth in the body? Different mindset. He said, have a heavenly mindset, an eternal perspective, not an earthly mindset. So if we set our mind on earthly things, the Bible says it brings death. But if we set it on heavenly things, it brings life and peace, Charles. It says you got an option. You can choose life or death. It's all going to be determined by where you set your mind. Yeah, I see what they did, but let me shift my mind back to the Father. Yep, I heard what they said, but let me shift my mind back to the Father. Because the moment I dwell on that thing, it gets inside my soul. And my soul is, it's the subconscious me. It's, the, it's, it's where I store my mindset. It is the headquarters of your life. It is the central station of the inner man. Where your mind, your will, your understanding, your knowledge, your reflections, your memory, your inclinations, your determination is positioned. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. It says, Therefore, therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord. Now, anytime you say you're a prisoner of the Lord, that means I gave my will up. When you're in prison, that means you can't let yourself out of this. Paul said, my mind is locked up in Christ. I've made my mind up. He says, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called with all humility and gentleness with patience bearing with one another in love he said the same thing over and over again right verse 3 says being diligent being diligent to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace he said I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called. We didn't see that word called again. So your first calling <laughs> is to love and have the same mind as the Father. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, being diligent to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So we should all be diligent to do that. Diligent. Meaning we make sure 
without a shadow of a doubt that we are keeping the unity of the spirit. Be diligent. He says he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This is how you do it. Not in prayers begging. That's why your prayers don't get answered. Because you're begging and asking for something, but you're not being diligent in keeping the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Matthew 5 and 9, I don't think it's up there, says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the sons of God. You can't make peace, you ain't got it. Okay. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, Isaiah said, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Meaning, it don't matter what transpires in your life, your mind should be set on the Father. And if your mind is set on the Father, the scripture says you have perfect peace. So I want to let you know today that your disturbance of your peace has nothing to do with people. I'm going to kill your excuses. It has nothing to do with people. You don't have peace because your mind ain't stayed on the Word and on the Father. I know that's a tough one to take, but please eat it. Please eat it. All your peace, if you don't have peace, it ain't because of people. It's because your mind is not stayed on Him. You think Jesus walked this planet with no peace? You think he let a Pharisee disrupt his peace? You think he let his disciples disrupt his peace? He, how long I got to be here with y'all? <laughs> y'all ready? Y'all re Okay. Verse 4. Yeah, read that. Come on. Come on. This is a constant conversation. There's one body. That's why we can't have two hearts. Who in here got two hearts in their body? Thank you for not raising your hand. This body can only have one heart. This body can only have one heart. That heart is revealing the Father. This body can only have one heart. <laughs> That's why people leave. People leave because they don't have a heart. The Bible says that had they been with you, they would have never left. The fact that they left lets you know their heart wasn't with you. They, first mistake, I'm out of there. But I've been pouring at you for six months. Nope, you get one mistake. We get one mistake. We get one chance to mess up with some people. It ain't our fault. It's them. There's one body 
and one spirit. Because the Father, watch this. Everybody here from the Lord, right? Come on. Now, if you hear from the Lord, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a check. If you say you hear from the Lord, he's always talking about unity. If you say you hear from the Lord, he's always talking about oneness. If you say you hear from the Lord, he's saying have one mind. That's the only way you hear from the Lord. There's no way you hear from the Father. That's why I say, look, I'm trying my best. I'm going to say some stuff. Pray for me. Okay. And, and I'm going to say this. And, like, it's not necessarily challenging. It's just I don't understand some things. Okay. People say Jesus visited them. Okay. If Jesus visited you, he didn't tell you about his father? All he talked about was prosperity. He didn't tell you about his father? I'm here all, I, I, I read, and I hear people's encounters, and I'm not saying they're wrong. All I'm saying is, how can he talk about the Father and the kingdom in the scriptures, visit you, and just talk about prosperity? How can he constantly say the same thing in scriptures, you come in contact with him, and he says something totally different? That's why I'm a word person. When you talk, I know that word. I'm a word man. I, look, I spent the last 20 years of my life in this. I've been, I, I, did I miss church? For nothing. When I got my vasectomy, I was in there the next day, hurting, laying on the back pier, listening to the word. My heart is in this. I know this word. So when people talk, you, I, God didn't say that. So he told you to lead the body and go do what you want to do. If you show me in the Bible, every time the Lord talks, he talks about unity. Every time the apostle, I'm, there is one body and one spirit. So either there's a spirit that tells us to not unify, and that's the one spirit, or there's a spirit that, that tries to keep us unified. It ain't two. If you let the church tell there's a Holy Spirit that says I can do things the way I want to do it, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, and then there's a Holy Spirit that says love one another. Amen. Have the same mind. Have one mind. One spirit. Just as you were called in one hope. So one expectation. Amen? Okay. One Lord, which means one ruler. One person lords over all of us, and we do what he say. We're growing into Christ. You're not growing into the apostle, prophet, the You're growing in, we're all growing into Christ. We're all told to have a mind of Christ. One Lord. One, we're all told to have a, one Lord. One Lord. Watch this. One faith. I can stay on that all day. One way to believe. It's not two ways to believe. There's one way. Then it says one baptism. Oh, Lord, help us. Which means we're all immersed in the same spirit. We're all immersed in the same presence. The problem ain't the presence and the immersion. The problem is our mind. It's our mind. The spirit is here. This, this, the spirit ain't went nowhere. The spirit, 
You know, we all could be in the same presence. The spirit can be high, and then someone feels no presence. Because they're mine. And because of their mind, it, their heart can be either hardened or it can absorb the atmosphere. It can either be hardened or it can absorb the atmosphere. Some people come to church every week, hardened heart, getting nothing out of it. I had somebody sit, sitting here, as soon as I made them mad, they said they stopped learning. I know you did, because I made you mad. Your heart got hard. You stopped listening, your ears turned off, and you started seeing me according to what Satan was saying in your head. And not soon after that, they out of here. I watch it. One God and Father who is over all, through all, and in all. One God. One God created all of this. One Father created us all. He looked at Jesus, he looked at Christ and said, I want all of them to be like him. I just gave you the schematics behind the whole plan. He looked at Christ, read Proverbs chapter 8. He looked at Christ and said, I want a lot of them. Hence, conform to the image of my son so he can be the firstborn of many brethren. Hence, as, as he is, so are you in this world. Hence, you are joint heirs. So I didn't, I didn't tell you everything I need to tell you to be, give you a one, a mindset. Of, I, we joint heirs with Jesus. Everything that's his is ours. It ain't like this. It ain't like this, Chris, where everything is his and we got to ask him. If me and Kirby are joint heirs, I don't have to ask Kirby. We joint. I got a right to that just like he got a right to that. If, me, if we join, you don't have to ask me. It's your stuff too. You ain't got to ask Jesus for authority. <laughs> he already gave it to you. He just said, access it in my name. The marriage. That's Dr. Hardy. That's not Dr. Fleming. Who is Dr. Fleming? Nobody knows Dr. Fleming. You feel? That's her maiden name. <laughs> but now whatever she do in word or deed, she doing my name. She don't have to ask. Go on my bank account, all, walk through. She do whatever she wants to. She don't ask me. <laughs> Access. Access. That's why I told you. To the natural mind, this is one. In the spirit, this is one. That's why in, in most professions, they wear uniforms. We all look alike, but watch this. I can use this to be an author. I can use this one to be a counselor. I can use this one to be a real estate investor. I can use this one to preach. I can use this one to prophesy, but in the end, it's only one. 
The problem is, is when you show up and you want to fit in, but you don't want to change. You want to change us into you. And we're not changing into you. You're going to come in here and you're going to change into us. And because they won't, they leave. Because they won't, they harden their heart. I'm not serving. <laughs> well, until you do, you won't look like us. And the Bible says, seek first. Come on. Seek first. Everybody in this seeks first the kingdom and righteousness. And everything will be added to them. And we will be blessed together. We're going to get everything. We're going to get all things together. That's his goal. His goal is for all of us to have all things. The issue comes when somebody comes here and they're not seeking the kingdom and they're not getting all things. And what happens is because they're not seeking the kingdom and they're not getting all things, they become jealous. Because all things is showing up for these, but it ain't showing up for them. And it's their fault. Get out of here. <laughs> now, our minds feed our souls, and the sum of our soul is our the sum of our soul is our. I need y'all to say it together. Thank you. All right, here we go again. The sum of our soul is our heart. Hallelujah. Now, your heart, your mind is connected to your soul. Okay? Your mind is connected to your soul. I told you, your tongue is connected to, directly to your rectum. I know it sounds disgusting, but whatever you put in your mouth, it goes into your stomach. It breaks everything down. It distributes all the good things throughout your body. And then what it does not want, it comes out as waste. Whatever you put in your mind, it gets into your soul. And the development of your soul comes out in your actions, in your reactions, in your thoughts, in your words. As soon as you open your mouth, you can tell what you've been doing with your soul. Amen? Soon as you open your mouth, you can, your actions reveal what you do in your prayer life. All right. Your mind, the soul, or the mind as it is, the fountain and seat of the thoughts, passions, desires, appetite, affections, purpose, endeavors of the understanding, the faculty and seat of the intelligence, of the will and the character of the soul as far as it is affected and stirred in a good or bad way. What are you passionate about? What is your desires? What is your appetite? What is your affections? What is your purpose? What is your endeavors of understanding? All this always reveals who's sitting on the seat of your heart. It's either going to be Christ or it's going to be your flesh 
which is always going to be anchored by Satan. You can never be fleshly and spiritual at the same time. Amen? The heart is the sum and the sum of the sinner and the seat of the spiritual life. So my spiritual life can be found in my heart. Out of the heart flows the issues of life, good or bad. Amen? Y'all ready? All right, here we go. This is the last set of scriptures. We're about to close. Ezekiel 11 and 19. It says, and I will give them, how many hearts? One heart. One heart. Say one heart. And he says, and put a new spirit within them. The Holy Spirit wasn't new. He was talking about Christ. I'm going to give you my DNA. I'm going to give you the seed. I'm going to give you me. I'm going to put me in you because they didn't have him. It says, and I will remove the heart of stone. Heart transplant. Here it goes. I'll remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. Now, the whole purpose of the transplant is, is so that you can have a heart that can absorb his love. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more next week when we talk about the orphan heart. <laughs> so you can absorb his love. So when he tell you, watch this, I will never leave you or forsake you, that becomes the way you think. Instead, every time you make a mistake, you think he left you. <laughs> every time a situation happened and, and you think he abandoned you. No, he didn't leave you. He said he would never leave you or forsake you. The problem is this. Your heart left. That's the issue. Our hearts leave him. Now, that's in Ezekiel 19, and that's in Ezekiel 36 and 26. Jeremiah 32 and 39. Chapter 32, verse 39. Y'all ready? Come on. And I will give them one heart and one way so that they will fear me always. So the Purpose of the transplant is so we can revere him. Not fear as in I'm scared. Fear as in a reverence for a father. He said, I'm going to give them one heart and one way. So that one heart comes with one way of doing things. He says, so they will fear me always. Here you go. For their own good and for the good of their children after them. Which means your heart can roll over into another generation. If you don't get your heart right in this generation, your children will have to do it in the next generation. If you don't get your destiny now, y'all know what I'm, oh, your children won't get their destiny. That's why I told you. You're passing your heart down. Your kids are watching you. They're listening to you. They're seeing your actions. And you're passing it down to them. 
They're either getting agape love or they're getting some unconditional love. They only shows up when they do right. So he says, I'm going to give them one heart and I'm going to give them one way so that they will always fear me for the purpose for their own good blessings. Say blessings. For your good. So he can open the windows of heaven. Y'all know we like that, right? So he can open the windows of heaven so we don't have enough room to receive it. But also so it can overflow into the next generation. A good man leaves something for the generations to generation. It all starts with our heart. Second Chronicles 30 and 12. It says the hand of God was also on Judah to give them the hand of God was also on Judah to give them the hand of God was also on Judah to give them one heart. The hand of God was on Judah <laughs> to give them one heart. And that heart was to do what the king and the prince commanded by the word of the Lord. He gave them one heart to obey leadership. The hand of God was on them Wait in glory. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you. Why would he say hand and then there'd be five fingers? A hand with five fingers. Five-fold ministry. Don't think higher than what you are. Apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. Humble yourself under. Don't go over. Humble yourself under. When we did the whole scriptures in, in, in Ephesians 4, we did Ephesians 4 through 9. Once you get to 11, he said all of that about one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father, and all, one hope, one calling to tell you that I gave you five graces. <laughs> and I need you to stay under his mighty hand. Not under people. You stay under leadership because you want to stay under the hand of God, right? Come on. What? You say under, because who assigned the leadership? He did. To go over is to, that's a demonic tactic. Satan said, I will exalt above the throne of God. I'm going to exalt myself above his authority. So he says, if you say under, he said, I will exalt you in due time. Just stay there long enough. Just stay under his hand. It ain't about fivefold. It ain't about men. It's about what did the father tell you? What did the word say? 
Last scripture. Now, this is why he said it, because this is how this looks. Y'all ready? I'm about to close. Let me go ahead. This is my last scripture. I'm closing. Okay. Acts 4 and 32. And the congregation of those who believed. Y'all see that? Y'all see that? That's all, everything I said was to get you here. <laughs> to give you a visual. And the congregation of those who <laughs> uh, who believed. I told you, it's a difference between faith and believing. Faith is me understanding that the spirit realm exists, God exists, he has no beginning, he has no end, but believing is what do I rely on? What, what is my go-to? What do I depend on? What do I confide in? That's believing. Believing is a lifestyle. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish. He didn't say whoever has faith in him. Faith is just to know you exist. Belief is a lifestyle. Belief means I'm actively pursuing the mind of Christ. I'm actively pursuing the mind of Christ because I want my soul to be developed to be who he said I am, because I want everything he has for me. I don't want some, I want everything he has for me. The very thought process he had in his mind when he predestined me, I want it all. And I'm not letting, one of my pastors used to say this, I'm not letting nothing get in my way. Watch this, he said this all the time, I'm not letting me get in my way, so you know I ain't letting you. <laughs> I'm not letting me get in my way of what I want. So you know I'm not letting you. That's the thought process you gotta have. I'm not, say it with me, say, I'm not letting me get in the way. So I'm definitely not gonna let you. He said in the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul. Now that's a whole nother thing. It says, and not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own. That's one heart. They, they gathered all of their property and sold it. Now, I'm not telling y'all to do that, okay? That's not what I'm saying in this. It's a spiritual aspect, okay, behind this. I'm not telling, that's not what I'm, I'm not telling, go sell everything, no. But it's a thing for you to have a heart that when you look at your bank account, as fat as it is, you say, I want everybody to enjoy this. And truth be told, it's a matter of seeking the kingdom. Jesus told the young rich ruler, uh-oh. He said, what must I do to inherit the kingdom? He said, do this, do this, and do this. He said, all that I have done from a youth. He said, you got one Thing, sell all your possessions and give it to the needy. Bible said he walked away sad because he had many possessions. He had something that separated him.
from the predestined purpose. Do you know if you take everything that you got and you give it to the Father, that is nothing. <laughs> that is absolutely nothing. If you take your little bank account, I don't care if you got $10 million. If you take $10 million and you give it away under the Father's name, you imagine what he will give you back? It says, and not one of them, not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own. That included burdens. That included burdens. That included situations and circumstances. The Bible says carry the burden of your brother. We weren't just talking about, we, weren't, we ain't just talking about property. We're not just talking about money. The, there's a spiritual conversation going on right here in this scripture. In the next scripture, in chapter 5, they have Ananias and Sapphira. Who's familiar with that story? Okay, Ananias and Sapphira. Like the scripture said, not one of them claimed that anything belonged to them, that it was their own. It says, but all things were common property. It no longer belonged to them. Watch this. It now belonged to the kingdom. And Ananias and Sapphira, hmm. and Ananias and Sapphira sold their property and they kept back some of it. Now I'm gonna share this story with you because for years this has been plaguing me, Bruce. Because until you become spiritual minded, you will think that this story will happen in real time today. Like, okay, if you don't pay your tithes and offer, you're just gonna die. Some people use that in a religious manner. You got to see this thing spiritually. I'm about to help y'all, okay? The, when they sold the property, they kept back some of the money. First thing they did, they called the husband in. Said, did you agree to sell this property for this amount? Yes. Did you keep some back? No, they knew he was lying. They had to ask, they knew by the spirit he was lying. Okay? So right then on the spot, he dropped dead. So then they called the wife in and said, did you and your husband sell this property for this amount? Yes. Did you keep some? No. He said, why have you made it in your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Why would you lie to the Holy Spirit? But watch this. She said, he said, you have not lied to the to men, you have lied to the Holy Spirit. You have not, look, you didn't offend man, you offended the kingdom. And she died. And they took her away. Now, you would think that would happen in real time, that people would, no, I'm not telling you that. that if you don't do this, and you, no, that's what, not what I'm telling you. But what I am telling you is this. This is how people fall out of fellowship with the church. Because the moment you gave your life, did you not give your life to Christ? Huh? Did you not give all your life to Christ? People become spiritually dead because they give all their life to Christ and then they take a portion back. That's how people fall out of fellowship. They say, I gave my life to Christ and then they take a portion of it back. And where we was all supposed to have one heart, we get bickering. 
What the Bible says, watch this, that it is God that works in you to do his will and his good pleasure. The next scripture says, so do all things without murmuring and complaining. So that we will be children of God amongst a wicked generation. So he said, when I looked at my sons and daughters, it shouldn't be a lot of complaining. It should be one heart. It should be one mind. Amen.